This is the 18th season of Bass Talk Live. With your host, Matt Pangrad. BTL is brought to you by Lorance, Bass Cat Boats, AFCO, Strike King Lures, Sunline, Big Bite Baits, Spro, X-Zone Lures, Gamakatsu, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, and Pro Guide Batteries. PTL, coming at ya! Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live where we are going to talk about bass fishing. It is November 2nd. Very exciting time of the year for me. Uh, I do not hunt. I have watched duck hunting one time with my buddy who really sucked at duck calls. So every time the ducks came over, he would like... And then they would be like, that's unnatural and fly the other way. So he never shot anything. I've witnessed deer hunting one time. Uh, It involved going into my buddy Juice's heated stand uh, that had Wi-Fi. And after not seeing a deer for four hours, we ended up watching uh, Step Brothers on his iPad with some uh, AirPods in. Uh, So the the fall, I like hunting. I I would... I'm not opposed to it. I would definitely be interested in, in, in getting into it, but my hunting experience. So long story short, I crappie fish and it's fixing to be crappie season, actually going crappie fishing, uh, after, uh, the show today. Uh, we got a great show today. Uh, we have some news in the industry. We have an upcoming major event and we have a guy on, uh, who should have been on BTL a lot more during the past five years but we're utilizing him now it's jody white he is actually on his way to cover the toyota series championship on lake gunnersville minimum two hundred thousand dollars for the winner if you roll in a phoenix i think it's what an additional like maybe 50k something around there like two hundred fifty thousand dollars but crazy good payout big international field um i also want to point out before we get things going yes afco is a sponsor of the show and i do usually buy a bunch of stuff in the fall i've never been a big like sweatpants guy but last year i figured out if you put your sweatpants under your like kind of insulated winter bibs it it prevents a lot of binding so to speak because usually you go like like base layer like thermals then jeans then the hydronaut over it and it just gets a little cumbersome so what i started doing was just going sweatpants if i knew i wasn't taking the suit off during the day if it was only going to get up to 40 like thick sweatpants then the suit and that's it uh well i got some new uh afco sweatpants that they just came out with they're like fleece lined inside and out highly recommend if you plan on fishing this winter crappie fishing if you plan on being outside try the sweatpants with the hydronaut or with your rain gear over it nothing else it's amazing so yes i'm wearing sweatpants for the first time i think in btl history uh that's kind of a weird introduction but we'll go ahead and bring him in right now which would be on his way somewhere you are somewhere in the state of tennessee Jody White from MLF and Media. Thank you very much for taking time to pull over and uh, chat on BTL. Always a pleasure, man. And uh, yeah, I'm somewhere north of Chattanooga and not really that far from Gunnersville in the scheme of things. How uh, how many cars have you passed that have the little Tennessee volunteer flags flying out the window since you've been in Tennessee? Not, not as many as I wanted to. Um, I am like... I'm an ACC fan and I'm fired up for the game. I wanted the whole state to just be like on fire right now. And I apparently, maybe I'm just here a little bit early. I, uh, I've had Littner on the show yesterday. It was hilarious. Did you listen to that show? I was a little dumbfounded. I didn't, I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to like call him out, but I was shocked. Yeah. So like I'm an you know, I'm from the Northeast. We don't really care about college football, but I went to school at Virginia Tech. We were pretty good then. We were, you know, winning the ACC pretty often. Like Beamer Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Like it was it wasn't 
really depressing like it is now. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, you know, I got into college football and it's fantastic. And I can see never getting into it if you're not from around it. But like Cody Meyer is huge into college ball and he's like one of my other Western touchstones. So I guess I figured it was more of a thing than it is. Yeah, Littner was unaware that Georgia was playing Tennessee, and he, like, lives in Georgia. Yeah, you would think you would know, but. Who you got in that game? Um, I mean, here's the thing. Hendon Hooker was on Virginia Tech's roster uh, with our previous coach, and he got done wrong. He should still. <laughs> <laughs> like in a perfect, in a more perfect world, he's playing for the Hokies right now. Oh, so wow. I like rooting for him because he seems like a cool dude. So I'm going with the Vols. All right, there you go. That's kind of like the South Carolina deal with uh, uh, Spencer Rattler. Started for us, and then yeah. went to. So I like I root for Spencer Rattler, but you know, no offense to any of the West Coast fans, but uh, USC, the Trojans. Hope they lose every single game. I root for whoever they're playing for. I hope Kale Williams throws five interceptions and <laughs> we got oh. we got OU quarterback spread all over the country. I assume Bradley shares your opinion on that. Yeah, I I tend to try to avoid talking college football when Bradley's on the show because it gets so passionate. Okay. Uh it, it kind of goes off the rails a little bit. Like he's, I would say he is equally, if not more. So his biggest thing about qualifying for the elite series, this is no joke, Jody. Uh, he is more pumped that the elite series gets over with early in the year before college football season starts. So he can go to and watch all the OU games. He was not a fan of the fall opens that always fell on top of OU home games. He does the RV, his wife, his family, take the whole kids there. They do like the whole 48-hour, you know, the Steve Kennedy thing. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i not that hardcore in college football at all. I love the fall because I get to fish a lot. But, I mean, I'm a level above. I'm like an elite college football fan compared to Lindner. <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah. No, Littner's like uh, fishing from the bank with a cane pole college football fan. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, we all have our different things. There's uh, Landon Tucker. He says, I'll have the game on the radio while he's fishing on uh, Kissimmee on Saturday, getting ready for that final NPFL of the season. I think they have like an off day today to get everything ready to go in the uh, in the NPFL before they kick off down there in Florida. Uh, we are going to get into uh, what I feel like has it is not getting the attention that it deserves, Jody, and that is the Toyota Series Championship. Uh, we're going to get into that in the second half of the show, but first, a big announcement. I don't know if I would call it a, a hidden uh, or a under the radar. I know people, there were some rumblings about this, and then it was announced uh, that Larry Nixon uh, is going to fish the Elite Series in 2023 under the uh, Legends exemption. Uh he says, uh, I've missed bass for 16 years. Uh, it's something I've wanted to do the past two or three years. I'm super excited about the opportunity, uh, and I want to make the classic and hear that roar again. Uh, I have, uh, I mean, we can like nerd out on Larry Nixon stuff, but like I said, I know you work for MLF. I know you do a lot of that, but Larry Nixon has a very uh, established career over on FLW. I think he made... Uh, what do you make, like 16 Forest Wood Cups, over 1.5 million, four tour wins. Uh, I mean, a legend over on FLW. And you've spent a lot of time around him, covering him, chatting it up with the general, right? Yeah, I've spent, I've spent a lot of time around Larry, and he's, he's awesome. He's also, like, remarkably good for his age. Um, they're... There are like quite, you can find like lots of pros who age out of being threats. And I would not, I wouldn't say that like Larry Nixon is likely to win a tournament next year or like likely to win the classic, but I think he's very likely to like qualify for the classic pretty consistently. You know, he's still really good. Uh, and the other thing, which I think some folks know, some folks don't 
about him going over to Bass is Joey Safuente is qualified for the Elite Series. And Joey started out as a co-angler traveling with Larry Nixon. And now no the two travel to, they travel together. They room together a lot of the time. Like Joey is the guy who can lift something when Larry can't or something like that. Like he's, you know, a caddy that's extremely good at fishing and is also able to help, you know, a legend like prolong his career more easily. So it'll make like a ton of sense for him to keep fishing with Joey. Which really? I had no clue about that, Jody. So that's kind of how Joey cut his teeth was learning from the general. Yeah, like Joey used to, I guess on the FLW tour back when we had co-anglers, like would travel with Larry, practice with him. learn. He learned how to tournament fish. I'm sure he had other influences, but one of his big ones was Larry Nixon, which is really it, cool. Is that kind of like a Woo Dave's Jacob Peroznik deal? Uh, I don't know exactly their deal, but I would say possibly very similar. Likely. Just kind of like a legend yeah. guy that brings it up and now they're established. Okay. I'm not comparing Sefuentes yeah. to Peroznik now by any means, but just, you know, established pro guy who's won yeah. classics, knows the ropes. Something about them clicked and, you know, they have been on the road together, you know, for a long time. And uh, it's really like it's a really great relationship they have. Uh, and it's, I think the fact that Larry found Joey, like has been kind of key to prolonging his career as much as he did. Cause you know, he had some health problems and he, uh, he had a, I want to say a shoulder surgery maybe yep. recently missed a year. And then I don't think he would have come back as soon as he did if he hadn't had Joey there. So it's, uh, it's going to be great to see him fishing to see them continue to fish together because when joey made the elite series this year i was kind of wondering like well i wonder what larry's gonna do and i thought maybe he would retire but i i mean for his sake and for our sake because he's really knowledgeable he's great to watch fish like i'm glad he's still fishing he seems i think he's what 71 72 now born in 1950 do the math there 50 60 70 80 90 2000 2010 2020 yeah either 71 or 72 but he seems so i don't like really know him super well personally he's been on btl a few times he's always super friendly to interview and talk to and probably one of the highlights yep. of my uh ca- career would be uh they gave all of the hall of famers last year at the uh, hall of fame banquet their green hall of fame jackets and i got to present larry with his green hall of fame jacket he probably was like who's this chump giving me the jacket but it was super cool like i was geeked out over it i tried to play it cool like hey yeah here's a jacket larry but um it seems to me like there's a lot of guys who when they get they're established they've accomplished everything they want to they that they're still fishing here, but they get a little jaded. They, they lose that passion for the sport and the excitement. And Larry seems like a guy who has never burned out, has never lost the passion, has never lost the excitement over the last 45 years. Do you get that vibe covering him over the last decade plus? I would say so, but I've always, I, I didn't, I guess I've never, I don't have the experience with a young Larry Nixon. He's, always been a guy who was like much older than me honestly and so i have always seen him as just really even keeled and really excellent at fishing um you know he's not a he doesn't seem like he gets high or low at least when i watch him fish and one of the things that i think is cool about him is like i have watched him you know out like well He's his active target, but, you know, I've watched him out scoping fish on Champlain, on Smith Lake, you know, and not every, not every old timer does that. You know, a lot of them stick to their strengths. I mean, I've watched him make top tens with like a Carolina rig and a Texas rig on the Tennessee river and get checks with smallmouth that are suspended in, you know, 30 feet of water, which is really cool. That's cool. Here's about as as uh, as 
as uh, jacked up as Larry gets. I pulled probably the most iconic clip. This was from a Mega Bucks in 88. Uh, Ed Lockhart on the Elite Series actually posted like a screen grab of this. We ran it, I think, one time when Larry was on. I hope I don't get flagged for it, but screw it. I'm running it anyway. Uh, I think it should have audio, but this is the one that got me like jacked up. Probably one of the most iconic fish catches in professional fishing history. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, it's actually I listened to it audio to see if it would play audio, and it's like it's kind of cool. It's Larry just catching an absolute tank on a pistol grip five footer in the Mega Bucks to win it on the Harris chain. So, all right, here we go. Listen to this. This is this is cool. But some anglers like Larry Nixon are catching bass. Each fishing area is different. Some holes have canals, others grass, docks, and bridge pilings. Others, like holes five and six, are filled with lily pads, look-alike areas where Larry Nixon caught his bass in Big Lake Harris in the qualifying round. And there's no question the bass are in the pads. Oh, oh my gosh, look at the size of that bass. Oh, baby, stay pegged. Oh, hang on. Don't you do it. Oh. Oh, don't you dare get off her. He's going to land right off the boat. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. God, dog. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm worthless now. I'm ready for tolls. I'm totally worthless right now. Mm. Talk. I can't even. I can't even breathe. Much less talk. <laughs> that one big bass might make the difference. That's wild. <laughs> That's good stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I I love watching old fishing, um, and like I mean the rods and stuff. It's changed, but yeah. It's still Larry Nixon throwing a worm. I mean, he's caught more bass on a worm than probably anyone alive. Yeah. You know what? I just I don't think that Bassmaster is going to catch on there because they've got like these weird format changes with the Mega Bucks and they had like whole courses and different formats and stuff. And man, it's just got to be four days total consecutive for any of this stuff to work. I think it's just not going to play. Yeah, it's too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing about that. That was some of the most convoluted formatting that you had with like zeroing and an hour at each hole on whether you're going clockwise or counterclockwise and how you drew and who was in what and when and then that led me down the wormhole when Bassmaster did the stuff where they like boat raced <laughs> remember that? Yeah the boat racing thing I kind of like I kind of wish we would try it again it's probably really dangerous and we like shouldn't be setting that example but I feel like it'd be fun <laughs> It would. Uh, all right, let's. I want to. I want to wrap up the Larry Nixon thing. I wanted to get young because I know you, you. You appreciate the Larry Nixon stuff. Um, but uh, so when he started his career, was it 1977 in the Florida Invitational? That was like right in the middle of the heyday of Roland Martin's Angler of the Year domination. Uh, and in his first tournament in 1977, he will be competing this year in 2023 against Scott Martin, who's this will be what his third year on the elite series holds pretty much every him and Dudley and stuff hold pretty much every record on FLW don't they the old FLW like Scott has like the most wins and all that well David Dudley too 
the, yeah, him and Dudley. So Scott okay. was one and a half when <laughs> when Larry Nixon <laughs> fished amazing. his first invitational. Uh he has fished 461 total tournaments between FLW and MLF and BASS. It's kind of interesting. He leaves uh, MLF slash FLW, and I'm referring it to FLW. That's the majority of where he was back then at 200 even tournaments. Uh, and so the question with that is, like, that's cool, like longevity, but is it is it worth it? So you have to go at, to the career earnings and then average it because he never really fished at, like, the BFL level. A couple Toyota series, Strand series ever starts that. But he averages over his 461 tournaments, he's got a little over $3.5 in career earnings. He averages almost $7,500 every time he launches his boat for a tournament over the last 45 years. And that, you know, that takes the 70s, 80s, 90s when we weren't dealing with $5,000 entry fees, right? And the and the top prize yeah. wasn't. But, I mean, that's lucrative. And then throw in, I mean, he's always been sponsor savvy. And there's a poster of him in Jeffrey's studio here with his arms folded, black sunglasses on for the, for the uh, Stratus back in the day. And oh, he's yeah. always with Pure Fishing. I mean, he's always had a great sponsor portfolio. I suspect it's been literal decades since Larry Nixon last actually paid an entry fee, you know, like out of his own pocket. That's like crazy. You yeah, mentioned he's, the longevity. He's doing it right. <laughs> he averages 10.2 events a year since 1977. Like, dude, you fish tournaments. I fish tournaments. I just fished a nine event opens. In shape in my mid to late 30s. And like by the end of the week on, week off, week on, week off, week on, week off, I was like exhausted. This dude's been doing 10 and a half a year since 1977 at a high yeah. level, like you pointed out. Yeah, he's not going as, I mean, when you spend time around him, he's not going as hard as you are, as Jacob Wheeler is, as like. He is not quite dark to dark in practice, but he is still like catching fish at a remarkably high level. And you know, I don't know I I don't know if he knows exactly how much longer his body has in it, but it's certainly not holding him back very much from like catching fish, you know. Yeah. So 45 years doing it, he has made 42 championship events 25 classics and 17 cups in 45 years of fishing professionally 42 of the championships that's freaking nuts wow. jody i mean like you said he's competed at a top uh, uh high level he has 13 top 10s obviously including the 83 classic there but four forest wood cup top 10s and nine top 10s in the classics two angler of the years and then in the article that Bass just posted, he had a nine-year run where he finished in the top five of the Angler of the Year consecutively, nine years, 1979 wow. through 1987. That's incredible. So I took this even a step further because that's what people like me and you do. I said, well, Rick Lund's, <laughs> Rick Lund's not retiring. Now, the general. do you know how he got the nickname, the general? I don't. Uh, so I've heard, I think, Charlie Evans tell it like tell the story like a bunch of times and from what i understand uh charlie or maybe somebody else like on one of the old flw broadcasts was so impressed with his decision making he said he was like a general commanding the water or something like that it never i never fully under i like i understood it but it never really like knocked my socks off necessarily but also it's a great nickname for larry <laughs> It is. Uh, so I said, well, let's do some Clun-Nixon comparisons because they'll be, they'll be fishing with, against, hanging out next year, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is nuts. This is the top level of the sport. This is why it's so cool. This is why, you know, this thing that started in the late 1960s and then you saw what Irwin did with FLW starting in the, in the 90s and it's been through different owners on both sides and everything but you're basically these are guys who were around within the first five years of it started so professional tournament experience active anglers fishing professionally in 2023 rick clun and larry nixon combined for 95 years of professional fishing experience jody 
I mean, they should win every tournament. So I took the top 10 angler of the year point standings on the Bassmaster Elite Series. I went through all of their years of experience. Top 10, where Brandon Polinick won the Angler of the Year here, and then Jay Shakurit finished in 10th. So he obviously was a rookie. Polinick's been around over a decade. The top 10, all 10 combined in the Angler of the Year from 2022, they have 78 years of combined experience. Really? So Clun and Nixon. Yes. Clun and Nixon combined for almost 20 more years of professional fishing experience than the entire top 10 in the Angler of the Year Elite Series field in 2022. That's awesome. That's, like, hard to wrap your brain around. I don't know if you're just, like, indifferent to it, or but I was, like, in shock. When you look at those numbers statistically, that's freaking crazy. They have 79 FLW Cups and Classics between the two. 37 wins, 5 Classics, and 3 Angler of the Years. That's all I got stats-wise. They're they're good stats. I hadn't really thought of it in that like from the scale perspective. Yes. You know, I but when you really dig into just the vast amount of time they've got on the water, like that's cool. Um it really is. Have you gotten I'll, to be in the boat Larry with Larry at all? Have you been in the boat with Larry at all? Um I think I've done uh like a practice gallery with him or something like that once probably i've never like fished with larry for an extended period of time though i'd like to someday yeah it uh, it would be interesting and i think it's uh, underrated to look to go to the bpt and 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 even the uh, invitationals there it's a like the longevity of some anglers i think is drastically underappreciated and we kind of give them a tip of the cap and wish them well when they retire and some of them just stop fishing but there's so much history and so many things that we take for granted now. When you look at, uh, you know, a Paul Elias, a, a Tommy Biffle, uh, and I don't want to leave any math, but there's a, I mean, so many of those guys that, I mean, dude, they're legitimately like pioneers in the sport and they are still actively competing at the top level. That's special. Yeah. We're, we're at kind of an interesting time in bass fishing where, and I don't know if it'll always be this way, but there's, a lot of really good anglers, like historically good anglers who are, you know, they're out of the prime of their careers, but they're not out of the sport. And I don't know how, like, I don't know if that'll continue, you know, forever. Like maybe some of these younger guys are going to burn bright and a little bit shorter, you know, or maybe they'll all stick around like, you know, these, like some of the older folks, but I think uh, it, it's really cool that, like, we have that resource of knowledge and, you know, history and talent. Like, when I talked, I, it's, it's, it's just really neat that I could go up to a takeoff and have a conversation about a tournament that happened in the 70s from someone who was there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. What's that, who would you say... Who's your top five or top three active, like, all-timers, would you say, on the BPT right now? I'm going to pull up the list because I know we're going to results. I mean, I guess. Like, you would have to throw uh, Paul Elias. Is Van Damme, like, too young? Do I need to? I think he's 50. I mean... Does, if you qualify for the discount at Old Country Buffet, then you qualify as an old-timer? Is that how we're going to go with that? I think that's 50, isn't it? I, I'll i take your word for it, in which case I'll put Van Damme in there just because of like the amount that he's so awesome. Okay. Um, you Elias, have to put Elias because, dude, because think, so here's rig. the thing. No, no, no. Here's the <laughs> thing. Think about what Elias has... Uh, has pioneered and done like kind of out of nowhere. And I don't think we talk about that enough. A Neil and real. Yeah. Umbrella rig, all time heavyweight record. Like he was the dude. Wasn't he the dude who, who paid to move the barge at Gunnersville that created that whole rule to where you can't like do any of that stuff anymore. Um, I don't know, but I love it. Uh, 
I know guys, I know Brad Knight tried it at Chickamauga a few years ago and the guy wouldn't move the barge. So, <laughs> uh, Gary Klein, Gary yeah. Klein would have to be there. It would have to be, let's go like six. What about like, Shaw like, though? Because like Shaw, a hundred percent Shaw is like amazing. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I feel like it's, uh, Shaw and Elias, like for sure. Shaw, Elias, and Biffle. But that could be an Oklahoma thing for me. But Biffle is legendary, man. Yeah, I think that might be a little bit of Oklahoma bias. Um, But I'm there for it. I'm not going to argue it. I'm going Shaw. Shaw. We got, I feel like Van Dam's the next generation. I'm going Shaw, Biffle. Shaw, Biffle. No. Klein. Grigsby, Biffle, and Elias. Those are my four over there. Yeah, I mean, I think you basically just picked, like, the four oldest guys, but I think that you made the right (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you, like, left anyone out. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, I think that that's right. All right, hey, let's take a break. When we come back, let's get into uh, current events and things that are going on. The Toyota Series Championship, 200-plus boat field, Turner, $1,000, uh, at least a $200,000 payout, international field from all over the country, co-anglers, over 450 anglers descending on Lake Gunnersville for uh, what should shape up to be uh, an awesome tournament to uh, wrap things up for uh, the MLF season, uh, pretty much all the AAA and major tournaments that are done after this. This is kind of like the last hurrah. So uh, it is Wednesday, uh, November 2nd with Jody White. We'll be back right after this. Your key to better fishing this season is Elite FS, now available at a new lower price. Get Elite FS9 today for $9.99, and we'll throw in a CMAP reveal chart, our premium mapping solution for free. Elite FS works with all state-of-the-art Lorenz sonar, from chirp, side-scan, and down-scan imaging with fish reveal to high-resolution active target live sonar. Elite FS9 and CMAP reveal. Offer ends August 31st. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry leading design coupled with tournament winning performance. The Puma STS from Basscat. Feel the rush. Okay, we are not done with the commercial set. We're going right back. But the last 30 seconds, I was a little anxious, Jody. It would, it would be criminal not to put Mark Davis in that list. There's the top five. I like Mark it. Davis is in that list. Mark Davis <laughs> might be in the top three of that list. Yeah, No, that's the right call. Yeah, that's the right call. All right, back to back to the commercial break. We'll be back in a second. We're just about ready to go, ladies and gentlemen. Get him order. Once again, Drew Cook is in the driver's when you're catching fish for a living, you can't let a little cold, rain, heat, humidity, or anything else get in the way of a payday. I wear Apco. Any fish, any water. The KVD 100 Jerkbait. 15 different colors. A perfect combination of roll, wiggle, and flash. Increased castability. 3D eyes. Premium black nickel hooks. KVD. Tie one on. Striking lures. Are you looking to install your own fishing electronics? Well, the Bass Tank is here to help you. The solution is the Bass Tank Power Harness. It takes the guesswork out of installation. No more voltage issues or interference. Designed by an engineer so that you can get professional results right there in your own garage. 
Installation done right with the help of the Bass Tank Power Harness. You can feel confident knowing that your installation was done right. The Bass Tank Power Harness. Give us a call or order yours today at thebasstank.com. Elite Series Pro Daryl Gleason here. My Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. What's up, Bass Talk Live fans? Brandon Polinick here. And ever since I won a couple Bassmaster Elite Series events on X-Zone Lures, I've been getting a bunch of questions of what makes them so special and different. And really, the truth is, it's in the details. The little details, things like no cheap fillers in their plastic, that gives you more lifelike action, more realistic and vibrant colors. But don't just take my word for it. Go to www.xonlures.com and check them out for yourself. All right, welcome back to BTL on a Wednesday with resident expert, all things Toyota, MLF, old FLW, Bassmaster, everything. You just love this sport. Yep. Jody White. And you've made your living in this for what, 12 years now? 12, 15 years? 10 years? You've been around over uh, a decade. Probably more like 10. 10. Um, yeah. It's a career now. Uh, on his yep. way, he's pulled over in Tennessee, in Rocky Top, on his way to Gunnersville to cover uh, the final uh, major, major event of the 2022 season, which is the Toyota Series Championship on Lake Gunnersville. And man, Oh, and then I showed it. We had done so well. We had done so well with the... uh, Good gracious. We had done so well with the bots for the last month. I thought I had the problem figured out, and then I showed it instead of blocking it. All right. They're blocked. Uh, Another great intro. You got sweatpants and uh, sex bots bringing you in to talk about the Toyota... The Toyota... (laughs) <laughs> the Toyota Series Championship. Uh, what are you hearing? What's the word on the street? And is this going to be a old-fashioned Gunnersville grass slugfest? I would say maybe. Um, I talked with Jacob Wall last week, and he said that the fishing in the grass was pretty good, and, you know, like it's solid. Uh, and then I talked with Nick Hatfield yesterday, and he said, like, you could get bites in the grass, but there's a ton of people fishing the grass, which makes sense. I mean, it's Gunnersville. Uh, Kyle Walters, like, you know, one punching up above Goose Pond, you know, around BB Comer last time. Like, it was, it's pretty well publicized. Like, that's the thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that probably, I, I mean, I bet the top 10 is like, at least a third flipping and frogging and like solid grass stuff, maybe more, but it just seems like, you know, we've, we've got live scope nowadays. Uh, it's the eelgrass is so prevalent that there's a little bit less of like, I think there's less really nice hydrilla than there used to be even two or four years ago. So, I could see some other things playing, basically. Like cool stuff? I don't know. Like, I think it depends on what you're, uh, what you think is cool. Like, if you think, uh, if you think something offshore or if you think like a live scoping or a schooling thing is cool, then I think you could see some cool stuff play. I mean, Elias, we were just talking about him. Uh, he caught him there on the umbrella rig in the fall one year. Um, that's, that's, that's in play, right? Like, the umbrella rig yeah. is in play in this event. Uh, five wires, but only three hooks for the Toyota okay. series. Um, so swim yeah, like, baits, that type of stuff always seems to, there seems to be one or two guys that always get on the big swim bait bite there. Dude. Um, so day one, um, Jockamson caught, uh, like 20 pounds the last time we had the, uh, tournament there. Mm-hmm. So like. I think that that's a factor or it should be, or it should be at least a little bit of a factor. The, uh, 
the only thing that's really exciting that they can't do is they can't lock. Um, in that first Toyota series of the year that we had at Gunnersville, they were allowed to lock down. Um, and I want to say, I forget his first name, but Brewer was his last name. Like, stroked him for the first two days below the dam. And uh, that would be, it, it would be cool if they could lock because apparently they're biting pretty good below the dam right now. But they can't. <laughs> That's Wheeler, right? Yeah, yeah. You good? You got to move? No, I'm good. The truck just like shut off and I was going to heat up if I didn't turn it back on. Oh, I hear you. Um, yeah, and then so wasn't that a good. wasn't that a Toyota? Was that a Toyota series at the beginning of the year at Guntersville? Where that local, or was that a tour? What was that where that local went the other yeah, way was, and had like a mega sack of smallies? Well, when you say the other way, what do you mean? Um, because he was locking down out of Guntersville into Wheeler. And fishing oh, and fishing right dam. below the... Okay, okay. Yeah. So that's what they can't do. Yeah, and they can't do that. Um, which, you know, that tournament had like 300-some-odd boats. This one has like uh, 190. So it'll... You know, that, that's a big tournament. But for Gunnersville, that's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, so they they don't necessarily need, need the other... The uh, extra room. Um, but last time we had it there... Uh, thrift and brian new caught a bunch of fish on an a-rig like sort of just kind of on grass flats and like not necessarily schooling fish but you know basically they were just fishing areas that had a lot of bait and mm -hmm. grass and you know i think that i don't think it's guaranteed to be a punching type deal but i think we'll see some big bags punching i just wonder about the consistency like you might get a hot mat or two or a hot stretch and Somebody will catch them there day one, and then they'll come in with 13 pounds on day two. Um, but I guess we'll see. What are your thoughts on the umbrella rig? Is it time that that, that thing is unleashed across the board, uh, BPT, all that? I remember, you know, when, when MLF first started, remember that first one down, I think it was on on Amistad. Like Velvic and those guys were catching them on the yeah, A-Rig. it. Yeah, I mean, is it is it time now to bring that back? In your opinion, at the top level and across the board, I mean, it doesn't seem to dominate the Toyota series like we thought it would eleven, yep. ten years ago. Now we're going back to where it kind of blew up in a FLW event with Elias in October on the bridge. Is it? Uh, well, let's revisit that briefly. What are your thoughts on that? So I. I guess there's two arguments about it. The first argument that I am in favor of is like, I like it. I think it's cool. I think more baits are better. You know, I like the opportunity to learn things, to watch pros throw them. Like we don't get to see pros throwing umbrella rigs right now. We just get to see normal people and really good locals throw umbrella rigs. And so we're missing out on a little bit of like a little bit of stuff that we could learn, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, that said, it seems to me that by and large, the pros don't really want to mess with it. They think it's like too much. It is really annoying in rod lockers. It's just not something that they want to contend with or deal with. And I am a big believer that the folks paying the entries, fishing the tournaments, like, they should be, they should have a lot of say in the rules. Like they should fish tournaments how they want them to be. And so if they don't want them, I don't want to force them to throw a thing that yeah. just because I want them to throw it. Um, but if I had a perfect world, I would like to see, I'd like to see a rigs back. I'd like to see Christy throwing an a rig, you know, what has he learned since he won at Beaver Lake? Like maybe he's a super a rig genius. And we just don't know it. If that happened, it would definitely push Block it to over a hundred thousand subscribers. <laughs> oh, yeah, guaranteed. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it'd be, I mean, look, it'd also be great for the internet. <laughs> it would. Uh, I mentioned this field. Uh, guys come from all over at all sorts of different. Do you? I mean, I've got it here, but. This is probably the most diverse tournament field in bass fishing right now. 
I would say so. I mean, maybe uh, I think the Bass Nation Championship draws some people in from like really all over the place, but the Toyota Series Championship does too because you know it's uh, it pulls in your international qualifiers who are from you know Spain and South Africa. Uh, a few years ago, it might have been the tournament that you fished. A dude from Zimbabwe was leading day one. Yeah, yeah. Had not really fished for smallmouth. Yeah, he was like, yeah, we catch 10-pound largemouth all the time. I don't know what these are, but they're biting my jig. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, like, it's a cool, it's a really cool tournament, you know, that you can hold people from all over the place. And generally, the international guys don't do great. You know, the Canadians typically do pretty well, but generally, you know, they haven't got the time on the fisheries. They don't know the, uh, they they don't know how to fish a Tennessee river lake. Like, you know, the hundred guys from Alabama and Tennessee in the tournament do. Uh, Namibia, Zimbabwe, South Africa, Spain, Mexico, Korea, Canada, Italy, and Portugal make up the international division yeah plus uh, a bunch of people from california and arizona <laughs> yeah and then and then it's the top 25 in each of the divisions then there's a number of wild card uh guys who get in through the wild card you also have uh eight uh including wade ramsey from choctaw oklahoma go catch him wade uh eight uh bfl all-american qualifiers uh and then the federation nation champion and then four collegiate anglers dude this is by far the most diverse field in fishing yeah no there's it's not even a question for it it's really cool um you know last and we don't have it this year uh, i'm not exactly sure why they're not fishing but the last year and usually the high school national champions get to fish in it too as co-anglers and last year, I watched one of them catch like a three pounder behind Todd Castledine on Pickwick. Oh, that had um, just spin Todd out. You know, he made the top ten. I think he was doing all right, but like it was a pretty big fish. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. I like it. I love a championship event. <clears throat> um, you know, if uh, like I would love, I would be way more inclined to fish all three bass opens if i could qualify for a championship i for anything like i like a championship and this is a really good one all right i'm gonna run through here and throw in some of the names here people in the instant feedback are saying who should we be looking out for and watching like i said it's a very eclectic mix uh we got a a miles Berghoff, big friend uh, mark jeffrey's favorite professional angler miles Berghoff. he's in the field uh laker howell is probably I would expect him to do very well. Randy Howell's kid, they literally have a house with a dock in Spring Creek, and he spends a lot of time on the water, and he's had a very good season, and he's not like a young kid anymore with Randy. He's like a dude who bass fishes and does it very well. (laughs) Yes. Laker is good. (laughs) Yeah. uh, uh, Kota Kiriyama, uh, Andrew Loberg, really high on Andrew Loberg. Uh, had him on BTL a couple years ago. Probably the most professional young guy going right now. Uh, Andrew Nordby. Like, if you guys want to, like, root for... I don't want to call him an underdog, but he's on Gunnersville. He has a, a, a really cool uh, YouTube channel, Fishing with Nordby. Works his tail off on it. Wears, like, a goofy straw hat sometime as fish. But he had a really good year and qualified for it. So if you want to kind of know the personalities behind some of the guys that you could follow... Check out Fishing with Nordby. Really good to see Derek Remitz back in the field. Uh, Guide, you know, former lead series. He's fished a bunch of stuff. He's in that. I'm going to pass a bunch of people or else uh, we'll be here forever. Uh, Just from a name standpoint, uh, he won an event earlier this year. He might have qualified too, but uh, you also got in if you won an event this year. Coolest name in the field, Jody. You want to take any ganders at that? Think of the guys who won coolest names this year. Well, I personally love Spike Stoker. Okay. I'm up for whatever you want here. Well, it's got to be Jack Daniels, Will- Jack Daniel Williams. Wouldn't it be better if it was Jack Daniels, though? Like if he had the S. 
He's annoying. Yeah, but it, say yes. Jack <laughs> Daniel Williams. He's awesome, <laughs> but he is cool, and he might crush him. He's a really good live scoper. He is from like, Tennessee, he is, is he? He knows what's up. Yeah. Uh, let me let me roll through here before we go. There's a bunch of. Uh... Um, the wild card division is stacked. Uh, it's got Dakota Ebert, uh, oh, Blake Hall, who guides there. And then uh, Trey McKinney also is, you know, not to skip over another Hall, but like Trey McKinney is like 17. I guess he's probably 18 now. And he's like knocking down BFL AOIs like it's nobody's business. He's, he's from Illinois. Good. Yeah. I don't, I'm not saying he's like a local or anything, but like, yeah. If you want a guy to watch who's going to be something, keep an eye on Trey McKinney. It's yep. terrifying uh, what he's doing. That's a good point. Yeah, Spencer Sheffield's in it. He's on fire. Uh, he almost just won the U.S. Open. He won the title this year. He's a he's the forever title holder. Yeah, he's got it now. Locked down. <laughs> he's got it. He can just wear the belt. He's the he's the reigning and defending, reigning defending forever. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Tristan McCormick. Uh, is he fish? He's fishing the uh, pro uh, invitationals this year, right? Qualified through the. I think he season? is, and I think he made it out of the northern division. I think if I made it out of the stuff. northern division, uh, Todd Klein. He's the dude I want to get on the podcast. Have you had him on your podcast? I don't. Isn't think he the I pro have, surfer? Yeah, he's a talker. He'll be good on on the show. You should get him on. Yeah, uh, Justin Kerr. Oh, Nick Salvucci. We just talked about him. Uh, he stopped by and hung out with Littner for a few days before he jumped in. Former U.S. Open champ, really good out there. Oh, Todd Woods, Big Daddy Todd Woods. Yeah, dude, it's there are some field. there are some names in this. Yeah, Castle Dines there. Uh my buddy Rick Harris, who won that won the uh, one day shootout on Lake Texoma. Lake. Texoma King. Jeff Reynolds. These are some names from the past too, like guys who you know don't compete on the the MLF or the or the the BPT or or uh, yeah, those, Mike Sermon. Yeah, Keith I like Pace, the Toyota Medlock. Yeah, Toyota cool. Series is killing it right now, isn't it, Jody? It's it's killing it. It is. It's been really good these last few years, and I think that they're going to have really good numbers again next year. Um, we're, we could do a little bit better out west. I don't think that's any kind of secret, but man, all of the stuff in, you know, east of the Rockies is just popping off. And they're good tournaments. The payout is pretty good. You know, the entry fee is pretty good for what you get you know yeah. it's still expensive and all but man they're they're really good tournaments and the championship you know obviously only one person is going to win the two hundred thousand, but mm-hmm. you can't you can't just fish for two hundred thousand like every day that's not a thing that happens you know <laughs> it's a really big deal to get to swing in that that tournament uh i'm gonna give you a dark horse if the rig bite plays tj martin from oklahoma Big rigger. Yeah, he likes to throw the uh, he likes to throw the umbrella rig. He's he's good at it, very good at it. Wherever he goes, very meticulous. He's one of those guys who you think you know how to throw the umbrella rig, and then you're like, how is this guy like five to one on me, or how does he come in with like the twenty two twenty three pound Alabama rig or or umbrella rig bag when you stop throwing it at eleven because they're not on it that day. He's one of those yeah. guys. Like if it gets in his element and it works. I'd put him up towards the top there. Uh, I just got to go through it so I don't get hate mail on it. Casey Scanlon, that's big there. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a bunch of guys that are in this thing. Jacopo Galeli, I never had him on. I need to have him on. He had a red-hot year, kind of slowed down a little bit at the end, but for the most part, a great year there. Schmidt, Brian Schmidt. Oh, God, don't want to mess with him around grass at Gunnersville with a swim jig in his no. hand. Yeah, you give that guy four days to break down Gunnersville grass. I mean, look out. Yeah, Casey Martin. Yeah, there's a bunch of guys in that, Jody. Yeah, it's gonna. 
like whoever wins really earned it. And it might be a Brent Crow, you know, it might be a local situation. It could be someone from out of town, but like whoever wins, they ran a gauntlet in that tournament. All right. Anything else we need to, uh, are you going to be doing like articles, writing stuff on it, doing the updates on uh, majorleaguefishing.com? Uh, yeah, it'll be me and Mason Prince uh, doing the writing for that one. Um, we'll have four people on the water shooting. You know, it's not, they're making a TV show about it, but it's not live, which I hope folks would like it to be live. And live would be cool, but it's, uh, we're going to cover it pretty well. It'll look a lot like pro circuit coverage or something like that, um, which isn't a thing anymore, but you know, like it used to look. And uh, I think it should be pretty good. Well, that's good stuff. Hey, I know uh, I know it's a pain in the butt to have to pull over when you're trying to get somewhere and find cell phone service and get the laptop set up and make everything work, so I greatly appreciate you doing it. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed the show. I'm going to let you get back on the road uh, and then close it out with the final segment. But Jody White headed to the Toyota Series Championship on Gunnersville that begins tomorrow. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Thanks, dude. Drive safe. All right. Have a good one. See ya. Like I said, that was Jody White. He knows his stuff. Um, historian of it also does a great job kind of on his own uh, uh, podcasts and shows. And a heck of a fisherman, too. Uh, fishes the Opens, fishes a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of local tournaments. I think he went on like a crazy streak where he won between or cashed a check in like six or seven in a row. Uh, but really like to see him doing well. All right, we're going to take a final break of the show. When we come back, kind of preview, update uh, what we have uh, going on in the next week at BTL. It is BTL on a Wednesday. We'll be back to wrap things up right after this. Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting BeatdownOutdoors.com. The new Android series is the peak of the Denali lineup and offers the ultimate Denali experience. The Android series features 36-ton multi-directional graphite combined with interlock blank technology for added strength. Each rod is outfitted with royal titanium guides that will not fail. The blank is fitted into an easy-touch, soft-feel EVA foam grip with exposed blank reel seat. This all allows the Android to transmit every movement of your bait and even the most subtle bites. The Android series is the finest rod Denali has ever made and offers an angler the ultimate fishing experience with a limited lifetime warranty. See the full lineup of Android rods at DenaliRods.com. Combining one of the most popular hook styles with Gamakatsu's beefier Superline offering, the Gamakatsu Superline Offset Round Bend delivers the strength necessary to target big fish in heavy cover. Well suited for braided line and heavier fluorocarbon, the Gamakatsu Superline Offset Round Bend is built using stronger Superline wire that allows anglers to easily fish a finesse worm around heavy cover. The round bend offers a larger bite area, perfect for any worm presentation, while increasing your hookup ratios. The newly enhanced Z-Band holds your plastics on the hook longer, reducing the number of pull-offs and reducing damage to plastics. Available in 2-aught, 3-aught, 4-aught, and 5-aught, this is the most durable worm hook designed for heavier lines that hold your bait on longer. Preparation is key to success. And that preparation starts well before you ever hit the water. You're only as strong as your connection to the fish, and your line is that critical connection. Confidence in your line every minute of every day on the water is a necessity, and failure, it's not an option. Sunline makes the fluorocarbon nylon, and braided lines to give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Vibrating jigs are a great choice for any time of year, and the Kamikaze Swim-On is a perfect match for any vibrating jig. Two sizes and the unique tail design gives it a bait fish profile and a great swimming action for realism. There are 17 colors. See them all at BigBiteBaits.com. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years, and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat, so you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro's coming out with a handful of new colors, including Pearl Shad, which has this bleached out white look, 
but it's got this pearlescent, really, really pretty. We've got copper shad, which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back, really, really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got sparkle shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the matte sexy shad, just a really different looking color for a crankbait. So you wanna give them a little different look, that matte sexy shad is definitely the one to go with. All these colors are available in the original Little John and the MD. All right, wrapping things up, BTL on a Wednesday. So if you notice, you listened to yesterday's show, we didn't have any of the bumper music when uh, Mr. Littner was on. Got a new computer and got it fixed. However, the only music that was currently on it was like Mark Jeffries' 2013 heavy metal mix. So here you go. Vintage, old school BTL. Uh, wanted to bring up a couple things. Uh, before we carried on down the road. Keith Poche, 17 hours ago, posted it's official fishing both tours next year. Uh, now, there are some scheduling conflicts on there. Once the season gets underway, we've seen John Cox try to navigate that in the past. We've seen another of other anglers that have uh, that have tried to fit as many events as possible at the top level. I believe there's only a couple years ago. I think... Uh, and Casey Ashley's tried it, and Ish has tried it. Uh, and like I said, it's if Larry Nixon can fish 11 events a year for 45 years, yeah, you can fish 15, 16 events a year. That being said, um, what I think is, is going to be very interesting to see is how each of the competing leagues respond to potential conflicts with their anglers. And what I mean by that is we've seen John Cox come with no practice to the classic from a BPT or a FLW or MLF event and fish the classic. We've seen guys miss practice days for BPT to fish opens, but then make it. We've seen guys that have not been allowed to leave BPT events without supposed heavy fines to miss practice to get to an open. Uh, I know Zach Burge was in the middle of all that last year trying to figure out as far as opens or BPT or how all that worked. Um, and I, I think you're getting to the point now, especially with the uh, with the changes. You have Bobby Lane that, and, and one other angler uh, that we know for sure uh, that have committed to the nine opens and, and aren't going to fish the BPT next year. But the gray area is going to be with all of those anglers who are trying to make that decision between invitationals, opens, BPT, etc., and how the leagues uh, are accommodating or are not accommodating to professional anglers that are trying to make their living in the sport. Obviously, everybody wants, uh, within the industry, you want, ideally, you would hope you would want the best for all of the anglers for them to have as many opportunities as much potential to earn income to represent their sponsors to be in the public light to win tournaments to highlight the products that they represent and represent your company but if i'm working for bass or if i'm working for mlf i also don't want a guy who is representing my organization leaving early missing a day missing practice to go fish your arch nemesis league like hey he oh no he's not here he's over at bass or oh no he's not at the at the bass he's over at mlf now so i think you're reaching a point where you're gonna see i think you have seen some separation there where leagues are saying yeah you can't do this you can't do this this is a penalty for doing this and this and i don't know i don't know if that's a a good thing i understand why uh, why that pie might possibly happen uh, because like I said, I, I've said this before a lot on BTL. These are for-profit organizations um, and uh, anglers are commodities. I mean, they're there to make as much money and when their anglers do well, it brings more eyeballs and they make more money at it. At the same time, it's difficult to say that, hey, you're here 
for the anglers to better the sport, to grow the sport, to allow these guys to make a living and then say, but you can't do this or you can't do that. Or if you decide to do this or that, X, Y, or Z happens. Just some stuff to think about. Uh, and I think I think I think about it more, uh, you know, knowing like the financial and having fished all the, you know, 20 some opens over the past uh, three years. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are in, in tough decisions as, you know, everything has its positives and everything has its negatives. And once you make a decision, you've made that decision. So someone who has made a decision uh, is Bobby Lane. Announce it. Article out on Bass Fan. He will be on BTL Monday to talk about uh, his Bobby Lane tournament that's going on this past weekend uh, to talk about his move to the Opens. Tuesday, Marty Stone uh, to talk about the uh, MJS Academy that he has going on, uh, a big section of education, of coaching, of learning, of teaching in the in the industry, uh, and also talk about uh, his thoughts about the 2023 uh, BPT and what he's learned over the years, not only behind the camera. I mean, he was part of that big giant team deal, pushing the anglers, ESPN outdoors, advance auto parts team. Uh, when, when bass made that big push, uh, back in the mid to early two thousands. Uh, and then Wednesday, Bernie Schultz on the show, uh, to talk about some vintage lures as he heads. I think he's like the Grand Marshal or co-chair or something of some uh, antique, major antiques lure so that he's going. So always enjoy uh, having Bernie Schultz on the show. Another dude who's been around for a long time. And dude, every time I we have him on the show, I'm like, he doesn't age. Like over the last 30 years, he say the exact same. It's unbelievable the amount of, of, uh, of, of energy that that guy has. So uh, as always tomorrow, Uncle Frank, day four, number 91. Let's cue up a little more vintage Mark Jeffries heavy metal rock music to take us out. BTL on a Wednesday. Big shout out to Jody White as he heads to the Toyota Series Championship on Lake Gunnersville. Catch all that coverage over on MajorLeagueFishing.com. Also, the NPFL's final stop of the year kicks off tomorrow down in Florida. So if you want to get a little fix of uh, some live fishing and tournament coverage before... uh, before it kind of ends for the 2022 season. Those are your options. Thanks for listening to BTL. We'll be back day four tomorrow. See ya.